Hello, welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about lifestyle games. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast? It's pretty simple. On this podcast, we like to talk about games. Uh, so, lifestyle games is the new term that people are using to define games that uh, traditionally have kind of existed in this like MMO space, right? But also stuff like... Um, uh, Animal Crossing is one. Diablo. Uh, now, yeah, Diablo, right? Like, these games that especially do kind of, like, small-scale daily rewards, I feel like those are the games that are most closely associated with, with, with lifestyle games. Yeah, well, small-scale daily rewards, but, but, but still enough to keep you kind of, like, engaged for a while, right? It's not like a mobile game where you pop on, you get your, like, seven foozles, you hit yeah. three buttons, and you're out. Um, basically, it's a but game... also this hits stuff like League of Legends, right? You know, with the first yeah. of the day bonus, right? Um, or Hearthstone with quests, Heroes of the Storm uh, with quests, right? Like, there's just like a lot of different options. Um, uh, but I think the big thing, just to set our definition in stone here, um, is to kind of codify that it is about that like, like small scale daily engagement rather than a large-scale kind of full engagement, if that makes sense. This is not a game like Assassin's Creed, right, where the expectation is that you load it up, you play through to the end of the story, right, and then you put it down essentially forever, unless you want to, like, play it again or something along those right. kinds of lines, right? Um, and uh, and so, yeah, so that's, that's what I would call a lifestyle game. Yeah, the, the, the biggest thing being that it, it's meant to be in your life for a very long time, um, I think part of part of like Matt like like you know mastering the art of lifestyle game is having it dominate a lot of your time even though you don't necessarily need to right like um, and, and the thing I really want to explore today is kind of um, you know we, things we've talked about before is kind of like contrasting one of the you know kind of most successful lifestyle games which would be something like World of Warcraft with something like Destiny and Destiny Two which kind of failed to really grab that whole thing and trying to maybe hash out what the differences are there and why one was so, it, it, you know, still dominates at least one member of this podcast life um, to this day. And, and the other one fell off after what, three months uh, at, at, and that's stretching. Not, to be honest, not even that. Cause I was pretty, pretty much off the game. I didn't even kill uh, the emperor with you guys. Right. That's yeah. Good, we that's got, we got pretty far. Like we had done most of those bosses, but then we just kind of all, I don't know. Well, you, you had to go to work and we finished it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess that's what it was. Yeah. And then the expansion rolled around, and I was like, literally, it is a better use of my, like, free-ass WoW bucks to go buy, uh, you know, like, a, a horse, an in-game mount, than it was to buy the expansion <laughs> to Destiny. Yeah. I mean, but part of that was Osiris being super disappointing. But maybe maybe that's, the, that's, that's a good kind of place to, to, to start, right? Like, I, I've always kind of been of the opinion that Part of what killed Destiny is it was trying to be WoW without, like, the 10 years of back content that WoW has. And so, like, I don't know, like, WoW always has something for you to do. Would you agree with that, right? Like, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I also think that there are a lot of similar systems in WoW and in Destiny, but WoW makes it um, more difficult to kind of capitalize on those systems in the same way. Like, it was pretty easy, I felt like, to get to maximum light level in destiny right 
Uh, but there wasn't a lot of other stuff happening besides that. Whereas in WoW, you can have a number of different goals simultaneously that are kind of competing against one another, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, maybe my goal is to get my eye level very high, but maybe my goal is to get a lot of gold, to get a lot of mounts, to hit an achievement, right? Um, or, you know, maybe my goal is to, uh, you know get a lot of uh uh wins in a pvp mode or whatever right and there's a and there are meaningful kind of breaks in the gameplay um that are built around those kinds of accomplishments do you know what i mean where i felt like that wasn't really the case in destiny yeah no i i, I absolutely get that uh <coughs> i think i think part and parcel of that um too is that like that the like you know I feel like there's a kind of like a similar, at least when I was playing, there's a similar kind of like item level place for you to get to in in a World of Warcraft versus Destiny. It's just that like kind of hitting the upper reaches of it afterwards was was much harder and took much longer time, um, and also didn't feel bad if it took you uh, a little bit longer to get there, right? Like you had like you have like. Four or five pieces of gear that you can get every week in Destiny, and that's the, the thing that pushes you towards your max light level. Um, and if you don't make any progress in a week, it feels really bad. I think maybe part of it's the, 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 what you're talking about here with like um, goals and kind of like things besides the eye level to chase. Because once you run out of like eye levels to chase, there's not there's not a lot to, to pick up in Destiny too. Um, even in terms like you know you can blame this maybe on on a on Eververse. Um, and whatnot, but even then, the rewards there aren't super compelling. It's not like if those were out in the real world, you'd have as much like like the grind would feel any better. Um, and, and to my mind, at least, it feels like like Destiny's variety of content is super low, and like just in the fact that like there's like maybe like five types of drops total, like you know of, of like the uh, the public events total, right? Am, am, am I off on that? Um, I didn't feel like there were that many different kinds of drops. And I also think that the light level was pretty absolute in a lot of ways. Like something that, that happens in WoW is you have um, eye level benchmarks, right? This is something that you that you can sense really easily when gearing up an alt now because there are all of the tiers of content have been released for Legion, right? So you kind of have the Emerald Nightmare tier, right? Uh, which also kind of includes Trial of Valor, and then you have Nighthold, and then you have Tomb of Sargeras, and then you have Antorus, right? And each of those is its own kind of stepping stone to the others, if that makes sense. Um, and so you kind of have this gearing thing of like, okay, well, first you're, you're farming world quests, you know what I mean, to like get close, and then you're going to move to Argus, and then you're farming world quests in Argus to get, to get further and further up, you know what I mean? But like each of those benchmarks releases more content to you to be able to experience, right? If you level up an alt fresh... You can't just walk into Argus. You have to earn your way into Argus. So you do world quests on the Broken Isles, right? And then you move those world quests on the Broken Isles to the Broken Shore sometimes. And then you move to Argus, right? And all of those are, like, content drips that Destiny doesn't have any... You know, like, because everything is just scaling, I guess, if that makes sense. 
Yeah. Um, and then from like a dungeon in a raid perspective, you know what I mean? First you, for, like this is this is the principal thing I think that would probably separate the con from a content perspective in Destiny and WoW from being so different is that a lot of the time it's the same content, right? Um, it's the raid finder version, it's the normal version, it's the heroic version, right? Um, but it is it is meaningfully different, like it differentiated, right? So you can even progress inside of the content that you're already doing, right? You go from running raid finder to running normal raids to running heroic raids. Do you, do you see like yeah. what I mean? That's not something that exists in in Destiny. I don't think. I mean, there's a little bit of it. <coughs> excuse me, but um, I feel like a big part of it is that uh, is that like the the difference between normal and heroic is such that, um, or, uh, I think they're called Heroic and Destiny. I can't even remember now. It's, it's been, like, a month and I can't remember. Um, Do they have other difficulties? I thought it was just one. Well, they have the base and then they have, there, there's a Heroic version. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know if it's called Heroic. I can't remember. Um, but those have, like, much higher light-level requirements to even a kind of attempt. Um, I think a big part of it, too, is that, like, at only six people there's less flexibility for, like, what you're willing to experiment with, if that makes sense, right? Like, it, it is much harder to take along a, a an undergeared person in Destiny um, because, you know, they're one-sixth of your power than it is in, in World of Warcraft because, you know, maybe... maybe At you know, worst, they're one-tenth of your power. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, maybe they're, not, they're not great, but, like, um, I also feel like... As, as, as terrible as it's going to sound, skill matters less in WoW, right? Like, I, I, it, do you feel like that's, that's, that's accurate? I actually kind of, to be honest, I actually am completely fine with that statement. Like, I think it's something that, uh, I, 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 like, WoW fanboys would kind of lose their shit over. But this is something that I'll talk about later. I actually think that the way that WoW wants you to express skill... Um, and in most situations, right, the way WoW wants you to express skill is to get muscle memory for the things that you are doing, you know what I mean? Like, your rotation just becomes, like, second nature, essentially like that. That is also a meaningful portion of why it is a more successful lifestyle game. Um, but yeah, I know, I definitely agree with you. I think that Destiny is a more skill-intensive game, uh, and, um, and I, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that that was just speaking to the to the difficulty portion, um, but uh, I do, uh, but but I I think you're right too that like in terms of like, well, that's that's I I didn't even think of that. Do do we, do we want to go into that now with the? Well, uh, so okay, so here's my here's my essential p thesis on this section of things, right? Uh, which is essentially that, like, I've talked about this before on the cast, the reason I love WoW so much is because I can, I'm watching Futurama right now, Futurama, the full series just hit Hulu, right, and so I'm like, oh, well, they pulled it off Netflix, and I thought I wasn't gonna get to see it for a while, but now I get to see it again, so I'm watching Futurama, right, but that means that I can be sitting on WoW, you know, running around doing world quests or whatever, and look over and, you know, if I'm on a flight path between one end of the, the the Broken Isles to the other, right? I can watch two or three minutes of Futurama. I don't think Destiny wants you to be able to do that, right? Like, I think Destiny wants you to, wants to have your full focus in the same way that, like, in the same way that, like, Assassin's Creed wants to have your full focus or any of these other kind of single-player games like Deus Ex or something like that, right? A lot of the times these games are specifically immersive, so the point is not that you can do what I just described doing. And there are definitely places in WoW where that's not the appropriate thing to do, right? Like, if you're pushing keys in a mythic dungeon, 
you shouldn't be watching something on your other screen, right? Right. But WoW has different kind of levels to its gameplay where there are times when you can just come home after a long day at work, say, God, I don't want to do anything difficult or challenging. You know what I mean? I just want to veg out, right? And you can just do emissary quests, right? Or, or whatever, you know, like whatever it is that looks like. Farming transmog, leveling an alt. You know what I mean? Like all these different things that you can do on WoW that are really kind of low-key, low-impact things right um at the same time that you can also come home from work and say i'm so excited for raid tonight you know get on with all of your people in voice chat and really give it 110 percent. you know what i mean like there's this there's this very wide um uh uh, uh you can you can engage in with wow in a very wide number of ways i felt like with destiny even if i was just running around from place to place doing public events i couldn't drop focus from destiny you know what i mean yeah um which yeah. is and i think this is just endemic to shooters in general uh for instance payday i was never really able to do that with either and the most i could do with payday is like listen to a podcast but even then right like yeah it, it, no, it just absolutely. De- yeah just like demands more of your concentration than that yeah no i, I think that's and, and and to tie this back to, to lifestyle to lifestyle game thing i think that like not necessarily the width there, but like so. So, it seems to me that the ability to kind of engage with it in a in a low impact way is is the more important half of that equation, um, rather than like I, I rather than the actual width there, right? Like you, you like something like say Diablo. I think is almost always low impact, at least for like the vast majority of it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that's kind of like one of the bigger, but you know, see like the, the thing, the thing that, that might, that, that comes differently is we were talking about League of Legends is kind of in that space and League of Legends definitely requires your attention the entire time. So I actually would argue that there is a low impact version of League of Legends, which is like bots and stuff like that, uh, or ARAM, for instance, if you just like random into ARAM. Uh, I think that some lifestyle games can be successful without the necessity of this, This, but I Fair. do think that this is a... a this is something that WoW has specifically over Destiny 2. I would say that the gameplay loop, like, part of this is just, is there a satisfying, repeatable gameplay loop? And League of Legends, man, fucking, it really hit the nail on the head, right? There was a really satisfying gameplay loop there for people. Um, and I think that it's a gameplay loop that also um, caters to people who are more hardcore and competitive versus kind of... Um, I don't know, just like willing to, you know, like willing to have like a low impact kind of experience, if that makes sense, right? So, so I, I, I think, I think I figured out kind of what part of this is, is that destiny requires your attention for things that don't really matter, right? Like you can't, like when you're just farming public events, it has to hold your attention, which I think it's boring really quickly. Um, and League of Legends, while well, doesn't have a like, a, yeah, I don't know, I, I see what you're saying with ARAMs and bots, but I don't think most people actually engage with that content, like. You have to be engaged, but it's always for high stakes stuff, right? Like it's it's always raid night yeah. on League of Legends, and you know, yeah, I think that's exhausting faster than than uh, the low impact stuff. But it's because like that has its that that reward to it, and you can chase that high. That makes it that that makes it successful engaging you there. Whereas having to be engaged for some for like the thirty fourth time, you're you're destroying the 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 legions like drill or whatever yeah oh my god right yeah it is like is is a thing that makes you not want to stick with it right like if 
if I want to listen to a, a podcast, right, I have to, or, you know, or watch an online video, I have to stop playing Destiny. Um, and it's not like I'm giving up a lot in that. It's not like, you know, like I'm giving up the opportunity to advance like I would be in LOL. Um, and so it's very easy to pick the the video or the podcast over the the, the Destiny content. Um, whereas with LOL, you actually have that choice there. Like, do I want to potentially earn more LP or whatever? Um, and, you know, like catch that adrenaline rush and so you know it, it's it's worth the trade there to, to to lose the video i also think um, that i also think that uh see in a way i don't think that any all of these are required right like right. i agree with you definitely that like league of legends is more high impact and doesn't have uh, as big a low impact space as diablo or world of warcraft or whatever have right um but i think that it, it doesn't need to check all the boxes because it checks enough meaningful other boxes like hey it has that that gameplay loop down i also think it has that macro system down <clears throat> like i don't think league of legends would be as compelling if you weren't doing things like getting lp getting ip to earn champions all that other kind of stuff i think that's pretty important um but i also think that it has better social systems that this is like the ryan morrison point right the destiny 2 has garbage social systems for interacting yeah. with other people, right? And part of being a lifestyle game is that is that kind of interaction. WoW has fantastic social systems, right? Not not only does it have social systems for you to like group up with your friends or whatever, right? Like with guilds and you know real ID and all that other kind of shit, right? But it also has pre-made groups. You know what I mean? Where you can list out a group and you can really fine tune what you're looking for and all the things and kind of sort through all the different people that are applying, right? Um, it has Raid Finder and Dungeon Finder where you can just queue into a group scenario um, with a whole bunch of people you don't know, but like is 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 a way to get into this kind of like uh, this, this like tier of gameplay or whatever, right? And I think League of Legends also has that sort of thing, right? Because when you have a bunch of people right we all played league together and we were all symbiotic with one another to to playing league i think we probably would if like if the community that we had built was a dota 2 community um and it was already kind of a han community but then right. we kind of han being hero heroes of new earth but we kind of moved to like league together you know what i mean like we followed based on that social group and that social dynamic and i don't think that destiny really gave us the input on those social things to really matter that much i guess um, yeah you know i i think i think that's fair um i also think part of it is like uh um that like the the um just like destiny is limited in kind of the scope of like, it's just limited in the number of people that you can go with yeah right and that yeah, this is that that this is the ryan morrison point he's like three people for a party is fucking dumb you know what I mean? What an awful way to build your game. You gotta have more people in your party, right? And, you know, Final Fantasy fourteen has four, right? Final Fantasy eleven has eight, I think. Um, and that's, you know, like, that's fine. You can have different parties of different sizes or whatever, but, like, three, I think, is just too small. Yeah. Um, and, and not only that, but, like, even if you override, like, whatever party size you're going with, there's, I, I feel like it's more meaningful to interact, like, like, you can be, like, 12 people in a WoW guild doing low-impact stuff and just shooting the shit, but because of, kind of, the involved nature of Destiny, you can't have just, like, you can have people kind of doing that, but it's much harder to do, right? Like, 
whenever we got like six people online and we went to do strikes, we'd have to split out into two teams, right? Yeah. And not only yeah. do you have to split out into two teams, but we have to split the two teams into two different voice chat servers because you can't roll over with each other that way. Um and and that I think hurts it a lot. And I, I think I think it's like really threes like the like three the three to four point has to be that breaking mark, right? Because we're seeing this with PUBG too. But like it's not a problem if we have more than four people. We just kind of roll into a second, and it's it's not as big a deal. Um, I think there's other other points to that too, uh, in terms of PUBG. But like, yeah, I, I think that three is just just a little too killer. Um, just just yeah. yeah. Um, and then I also think that there's other problems with Destiny, right? Like there isn't like there there just isn't like a chat channel you know what i mean yeah and you don't get that same sense of like like you can't even do this so rarely happens in wow but just the possibility of it happening is important where i could go into general chat and i can say is anybody farming fucking the sentinax you know what i mean like yeah. the ability to do that is so muted i, th I feel like in destiny or, or even just... or even just meme right like yeah meme yeah. in general chat like you you can't do it in destiny right like there, yeah and you can't like go to dalaran and sit in trade chat and like shit post in trade chat or fucking whatever right like i don't know i feel like that is a uh i i, I feel like that is like a big problem when it comes to yeah. destiny and i think and like and i you know I think that there is stuff that Destiny does have down to a certain extent. Like, I do think that the gunplay is pretty good. But I also think that the loop that they have... I mean, this is a little bit more personal for me. I'm sure that it's not the same for everyone. Uh, but I felt like the loop that they had was just not very satisfying. Um, it was something that I just kind of ended up running out of. I don't know. Uh because, uh, and maybe this is just how I interface with PvE shooters like Payday or like Killing Floor, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like PvE shooters are not built from the ground up the way that Destiny is built. Like, the, th like, the, 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 like, the gunplay is the gunplay or whatever, right? But, like, the way that you interface with, like, enemies, Destiny always has these small packs of little bad guys and you kind of have, like, this cover-based gameplay and, like, is about precision shots. Whereas something like, um, something like Payday is about, is, is about damage density, right? It, it's less about can you hit headshots, right? Which Destiny seems to be a lot about, right? Can yeah. you hit precision shots? It's less about can you hit precision shots and it's more about how many precision shots can you hit in a five-minute window? Because there's tons of guys coming at you, and they will overwhelm you if you can't kill enough of them quick enough. You know what I mean? But, like, headshots weren't super different than body shots, and there were also different... And this is another piece of it. In Destiny, the, I felt there was absolutely, fundamentally, zero difference between anyone else I was ever with, right? There was no such thing as a tank. There was no such thing as DPS. There's no such thing as, you know, support or healer or whatever you kind of want to call that. Um, even though it is there in the mechanics, right? Like, we can see how hunters would be naturally DPS, right? And tanks would be... Or, I'm sorry, and... Uh, what are they called? Vanguard? No. Yeah, uh... Vanguard, uh Titans Titan, would be yeah. naturally tanks or whatever, right? Warlocks would be naturally healers. Even though I, we can see that in the mechanics a little bit, it does not translate one, one iota to gameplay, right? And but I, in Payday, I, I felt like ha having one person there who is a tanky shotgun expert, right? And one person there who is, you know, whatever, fast with the dual-wielding pistols, right? These people do fill different roles in the group 
and you know there's the drill guy who just sits on the fucking drill and repairs it when it needs to get repaired right you know like those kinds of role differentiations which also come across in league which also come across in wow none of that exists in payday or i'm sorry in destiny and so it very rarely felt like i was filling any kind of niche in the team i just kind of felt like we were all just doing our thing yeah, and I don't. I don't think again that that's necessary. I think they very intentionally didn't want the the Holy Trinity. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, especially, especially if you've got a three man party, that means that every time you have to have one of each class, um, exactly, which is kind oh, of oh god, right? Yeah. Um. Uh. But uh, I think another part of like it, a, a part of that too is that, um, in games where like maybe that's not necessarily as big of a deal, right? Like something like Diablo. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is this in terms of this differ- differentiation stuff. Like the thing about Diablo is, is you can keep like is that you've got levels of iteration, right? Like you've got your like big level where you're looking to like fill out like your biggest pieces of gear or whatever, um, and hit your first big power spike, and then you start iterating like down more slowly, right? Like getting better numbers on the gear that you have or whatever, you know, all all, all that good stuff. Um, and uh, the problem with Destiny is that the weapons are too static and the, the armor is too static, right? Like there's, there's not enough differentiation there, which is a thing that's also true. I think of wow, right? Like most of the gear has kind of set values to it, which is fine, but there's so much more to be doing in wow, right? Like the way wow makes up for lack of, um, kind of, uh, gear, the gear, like stat differentiation is it gives you a thousand other things to do than care about gear. Um, Diablo doesn't have you care about anything but gear. So it has to give you a thousand different, uh, variations of gear and, and, and Destiny just feels like it's the worst of both worlds, right? Like mm-hmm. not a lot of gear differentiation and not, uh, not a lot of other stuff to do. Um, yeah, I, 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 it feels like, you know, like you, in order to get like a successful lifestyle game, you need like, you know, like there's this like list of maybe like a dozen things and you need to like pick three or four and Destiny just like has like maybe like two and a half. Yeah. Um, in terms of- yeah, because I definitely don't think any of these things are hard required, ex- except for maybe the loop. I don't know that you could make a lifestyle game without like that that loop being there. Um, but but whatever form that loop takes, like you know, even something like um, uh, even something like Animal Crossing, right, which is a purely single player experience, definitely fulfills the loop for some of these people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't want to and I and I don't want to shit on anybody who's who brings the Animal Crossing around on a 3DS and plays it for a grand total of 35 minutes a day, you know what I mean, while they're on the bus to and from work or something like that. Like, I think that that also qualifies as a lifestyle game. I th- um, does it, like, so, I'm, I'm not, like, if you're only engaging with for 35 minutes, I don't know if it qualifies, like, you're, I don't know if you're engaging with it as a lifestyle game. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. But, like, I think in order for you to be engaging with a, a, as a lifestyle game, you need a little bit more time with it. I mean, whatever the the line for that time is, is kind of up in the air, I That's suppose. Because, like, it's, it's also one of those things where there have definitely been times when my average, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that there was a two-month period, kind of, maybe a one-month period, when, like, Total War Warhammer came out, where my overall, you know, time per day for playing WoW was 35 minutes right. a day. You know what I mean? Just because I was in... in entranced by this other game but you were still going Um, back to it for 35 minutes a day which i I think is the important part yeah yeah so so the and so i think it is about and i think for a lot of people right like these games are also built from the ground up in a lot of situations to heavily reward low 
kind of like time um, investment per day rather than high time investment per day, right? Like in WoW, you go in, you do your emissary chest and maybe you do like your, you know, whatever, one of the day or so, like your first one of the day in a dungeon or whatever to like get the artifact power you want. But then like your rewards are always so much lower compared to that. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the more you put into it, the harder the grind becomes. And I think that that's actually pretty natural because it different, you know, like it, it stretches this out pretty naturally because you go, okay, well, I did my emissaries, so there really isn't a reason for me to be doing, you know, whatever else. I'm going to go play Total War. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I also think that's why certain, you know, like our friend, uh, friend of the cast, Enoch, uh, gets burned out on games like this sometimes because he does do super hardcore grinding but like destiny literally ran out for him like he just had to start leveling an alt because it was the only other kind of content he could he could do um and he did the same thing in wow right but like he like there was still the ability to like really hardcore grind your eye level and everything like if you wanted to and i think that that hooks right like there are certain people who love that grind and they don't give a shit about like the daily you know whatever yeah, and I, I think I think a big part of that is actually um, is the fact that Destiny puts a hard stop on your progression at some point, right? Like, there is nothing that you can do after a certain point in the week to do uh, to, to get your eye level higher. And there's just like no, there's no reason to be grinding except for like crystals, and they cap out real fast anyway, right? Like, there's it, just like so little reason to be engaged with the game beyond like those 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 weeklies. Um, that I think is really a big part of its, it's kind of a death knell, if that makes sense. Um, um, but, but I want to get a little bit off of, de uh, off of this direct destiny. Wow. Comparison. Cause I, I think it's good, but I, I do kind of want to, um, explore some other things in the space. You were talking about animal crossing. I want to spend a little bit of time in one player or single player, uh, world for this. Cause I think you've, we've got good examples of this. We got animal crossing. Like you said, we got Stardew Valley. Um, we've got, uh, Minecraft, I think, I think are kind of like the, 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 some of the bigger ones. You have, you have any other good single player examples? Uh, do I have any other good single player examples? Man, I feel like those are, but uh, no, those are about, those are the ones that would have been on my mind. Actually, Minecraft is an interesting one. I'm surprised to hear you say that, uh, that Minecraft hits this for you, but, uh, um, I mean, not for me personally, but like the, the way that people engage with Minecraft like it's like day after day after day of of just like building like it's like raw creativity in a lot of ways that I think is appealing to a lot of people, right? You see this with with Kerbal Space Program, and you see this with Terraria, and you you see this with games. This kind of like let you kind of play adult Legos, or yeah, I mean they're kids' games too. So, so like, I so okay, so I think that there is a meaningful distinction here because to me, I don't know that I think there is a certain I I don't know. I'm a little back and forth on Minecraft. I'm currently playing on a Minecraft server again, actually. Um, like a whole bunch of the WoW people, we got together and we made a Minecraft server. Um, and uh, and I definitely, but the way that I interface with Minecraft is a lot like the way that I interface with something like Total War, where like they're very hardcore bouts of it. You know what I mean? Where I, I am I am much more consumed by it uh, than in something like you know Wow or whatever, and that's because and I think in a lot of ways Minecraft kind of meets 
or doesn't meet some of these criteria, right? Like it doesn't have like a daily login bonus or anything along those lines. It is just, you know what I mean? The grind is as grindy as you want to make it kind of, um, if you want to like progress through and do Ender Dragon stuff or whatever. But I kind of feel like Minecraft might live in a world like Civilization 5 specifically, where I wouldn't call Civilization a, a lifestyle game. And I right, wouldn't call I Minecraft a, a lifestyle game. E even though that people do kind of like really hardcore dedicate themselves. I don't know. Minecraft is so... So here's... Okay, let me let me talk about Civ. Because I definitely don't think that Civ is a, is a, is a lifestyle game. I agree with and, that. Um, and I think essentially Civ has just such a good loop that people can play it for 2,000 hours and just really dedicate themselves to this game. This is actually true of a lot of strategy games I have found um, since my, like, blossoming love of strategy games has really kind of come into fruition well, over the past yeah, couple of years. Let me ask you a quick question. Do, do you think CK2 or EU4 could fall into lifestyle game? See, I don't think either of those would either. Uh, I, I mean, maybe if you're playing, like, multiplayer, because I do know that that happens. But I just feel like that's not – I think that's such a small subset of the community. I feel like the multiplayer aspect is something yeah. you could really get me on board for, for saying Minecraft is a lifestyle game, right? Because it has the same kind of social systems that we would think of at, right, uh, right. in the same vein as like WoW or whatever. And, it kind of, and so that kind of like ekes it across the finish line, I guess. But I think for most people that play Civ Five or Total War or whatever, you know, like whatever their strategy game is of choice, right, there are people who have – 3,000 hours in in it, whatever. I feel like it's just the perfect game for them, and they are hooked by the loop, and they don't engage with that the way that they would engage with a lifestyle game, right, um, uh, comparatively. And so, to me, there is something of, like, a... Like, essentially, these people just found the perfect game for themselves and haven't... Right. And just haven't had, a, had any kind of need to put it down. Um, I don't know. This might be a little bit of me projecting, though. Just no, because no. I don't inter interface with those games in that way. Um, and so, I don't know. Maybe there exists someone who could argue the other half of that successfully. So, so I, I, I think for like, I think the thing with Civ is that Civ has an end state, right? Um, which I think I, I think that's actually uh, an important part of this, is that Civ has an end state like for, for a round. Um, and it's not like... It's not like you're playing competitive Civ to move up in, like, the, the Civ International rankings. Um, CK2 and EU4, even though those ends are a lot further out, they still do have ends, right? They're still, uh, you know, a last year of, 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 of one of those games. But Minecraft and, I, and Stardew Valley and, and uh, Terraria and, uh, and Animal Crossing are, like... Well, they, well, they do have, like, some goals. They are... Um, well, Minecraft really doesn't. Like, they, they are so open-ended. I, th I think that's what pushes them towards this, like, lifestyle aspect, right? Like, you can't win Minecraft. Um, well, I mean, y there is the Ender Dragon and stuff like that, but I do see what you're saying, yeah. But, yeah, that's, I that's think not, like, an day, actual win condition, right? Like, yeah. that's just, like, a self-set goal. But I also would say that with Civ and with EU4, right, there is a certain argument that, like, a single game of Civ is analogous to a single game of League of Legends, and then you restart, you know what I mean? And But instead of picking a different champion or whatever, you pick a different civilization. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I see feel like that's, saying. I feel like that's the, the loop, and it's just only for certain certain folks. See, I, I, I think the difference there is that I think League of Legends, if it didn't have a ranking system, wouldn't be a lifestyle game, right? Like, the actual the loop of League of Legends is the fact that the metagame of your ranking is important enough 
they kind of to, they kind of drive it forward in that way, right? Like, yeah. Uh, um, right. Whereas, like, and you know, maybe there's a world where you know, in Civ Seven, Sid Meier is like, you know what, we're gonna do, we're gonna have ranked games of Civilization, and people are going to like hate themselves for like eight hours a day, um, and I could see that, like, I could see, I mean, I don't think it would work for Civ, just kind of real talk, but like, you know, in a world where like that works out somehow. I could see that becoming a lifestyle game based around like, you know, becoming challenger at civilization or they'd probably use the rankings in, you know, like God deity deity. That's the one they call it in civilization. Um, and there are people who engage with the game like that right now in terms of like being able to beat the highest AI difficulty, but I don't think it engages in the same way. Oh, so, so this is actually, this, this brings me to an interesting point, just kind of like wandering through this. Do people who like speedrun games like engage with those games as lifestyle games? I think actually that might be the best way I could explain it. Um, because the more I think about it, so here's here's something that could get me on board with it. I bet that there are I actually know that there are communities sort of like this, um, because a YouTuber that I follow who covers Total War content exclusively, I'm in his Discord. And there is a group of people who use that Discord, and they're play and they play multiplayer Total War, multiplayer Civ, and stuff like that. Um, just a bunch of different strategy games. And I bet for those people, the way that they interface with Civilization Five, EU Four, Total War, it they are interfacing it with as a lifestyle game. So in a way, I'm kind of making the argument that a lifestyle game isn't like a genre of games, right? Um, there are certain games that are good at it. There are certain games that are bad at it, right? And there are certain um, games, I think, that target it. And Yeah, and there are definitely certain games that are tar that target it. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to how people interface with the game. And I would say that there are definitely people who probably interface with Civ uh, and with, you know, Europa Universalis or whatever as a lifestyle game, even though I would bet that the lion's share don't. You know what I mean? And I also don't think that those games are built to be lifestyle games um like they just you know they don't have any of these other kinds of things that we're checking off kind of from like the developers end of things right um that we would otherwise consider them to be lifestyle games so in a way i feel like these are folks who have made a lifestyle game out of one where it wasn't intended which is kind of the wrong way to phrase that but you know what i mean right yeah no I, absolutely and I, i've been watching this guy on youtube I, I forget what his name is like salty something um uh and he's, he does these videos that explain kind of, like, the history behind, like, some very iconic speedruns. And not, like, the individual runs, but, like... Oh, my God! I have been watching that guy, too! Um, I love that. Uh, I watched his one on a couple of different speedruns. Like, the Pokemon Red speedrun was the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Mario fanboy, so uh, I've been watching his Mario ones. He just came out with one uh, about just about level 4-2. In uh, the guy's name is Summoning Salt. That's what his name is. So I'll, okay. I'll link him in the description. Um, about just how level four two in Super Mario Brothers one is like the big point for people attempting to um get lower and lower time in Super Mario Brothers one, and that like like the latest development in that came out this year, right? Mm -hmm. This is Super Mario Brothers one, which is I believe like eighty five, right? Like there are people who are playing this game every day. Over and over and over and over and over, hit it like jamming on the reset button every time they fuck up just a little bit, trying to get that that time down by a second. I, I think those people, like speedrunning community, I think is is its own kind of like weird, um, 
uh, I, I don't want to be disparaging, but like you know, the, the speedrunning community is special in its own way. But like, I think they definitely engage with those games on that kind of level, on on that like lifestyle. Like speedrunning is a yeah. lifestyle for them. Yeah, no, I actually think that that's fair. I think w it would be very easy to kind of categorize speedrunners as like almost like a subcategory of like lifestyle game or li lifestyle yeah. gamers, right? Um, uh, and I definitely agree with you. I really like I really like that YouTuber, and I, I want to recommend him for people. Um, uh, specifically, what I enjoy is uh, is when he breaks down how the strategies changed for different speedruns over time. Like he talks about how the initial speedruns for Pokemon Red were using Squirtle uh, up to Blastoise all the way through the end of the game, uh, but that a different route came out when you would farm for a Nidoran male and make Nido King. Um, and I thought that, that that was very. Yeah, no, I thought it, that, that I thought that that was very cool. It's completely tangential to the point, but I wanted to mention it while we while we had a moment. Those those kinds of speed running uh, speed run stories are the ones that I find uh, are the ones that I find most interesting. So yeah, so I would say I would I would definitely say that even though that there's kind of uh, two things being defined here. One is like a genre of games right that are being created um, to kind of capitalize on this other thing, which is lifestyle gamers who are people who interface with certain games and, and integrate it so, um, so kind of like successfully into a part of their lifestyle. Typically, I find that I have one lifestyle game going at any individual time. I don't really have a lot of time for more than that. Um, and I can move between them, if that makes sense. But a lot of the times, and then I'll have like another game that I'm kind of working on in parallel. Um and kind of be going back and forth. Like, even even something like Payday 2, which I have gone back to a whole lot, and I have tons and tons of hours played, I actually wouldn't consider that a lifestyle game for me, because it's only a game... I, it's a game that I pick up pretty commonly, but in, like, focused spurts. You know what I mean? And so I'm still playing WoW, or whatever, or League, or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and even other games that, like, threaten to become... Lifestyle games like PUBG or whatever, I really only interface with PUBG in insofar as it was kind of like this extra category. It never really became like, it never really hit that like lifestyle level for me. Yeah, no, I, I feel that. Um, uh, so something something I kind of wanted to branch off of that too was uh, kind of uh, a semi-prediction for the future, which is a little bit about what I did last week, which is play some, uh, some Sea of Thieves. Um, and that game... Um, I think it kind of, like, maps itself out like a game that you'd want to play like a lifestyle game, but I don't think it's actually got the legs for it. Um, ah, that sucks. Um, like, I don't think it's necessarily, like, a bad thing, right? Like, I think that we will have fun with it as a group, but I don't, you know, I, I am cautiously optimistic. I am hopeful. Um, but, like... So, so just to kind of lay it out there, the progression is, is as you turn in more, more contracts, you get higher contracts, you get more difficult contracts, and then you turn those in and, and then you use the money you get to buy gear. Um, and the gear isn't statistical anyway, it's just kind of like cosmetics, just like makes your pirate look different. Um, and the, the gameplay there is super fun, right? Like I, I, I really right. enjoyed sailing around. I really enjoyed kind of, uh, shooting skeletons and whatever um i think it's a little easy but you know i think that's some a lever that can be turned also a thing that maybe just because it was the beta that, that was the issue but i am concerned that there's not like a reason to keep going back to the well after a while right like 
There's no way that, like, say, Enoch is going to get this game and go, like, grind out contracts by himself for funsies, right? Like, maybe he does to get, like, a cool hat or something, but I feel like this is only a game that we're ever going to want to play with each other. Um, in many ways, I think it might even be kind of like this weird kind of air, uh, landscape of games that we're kind of getting into, which are, like, streamer games, I want to say. Like, games that are just as much meant to be watched and mm -hmm. participated in from the sidelines as they are to be actually played. Because um, I think I think it'll be great fun to, to like, watch your favorite streamer get into misadventures in. Um, but I'm wondering how much it's going to actually... Um, Pause all in. Have, have, you, have you seen any gameplay? Did you watch any streams of it over the weekend? I have not. Uh, I have not uh, seen any gameplay or watched any streams, so I don't have a good sense um, uh, of what Sea of Thieves is, Thieves is going to look like in the future. In a weird way, I actually kind of wonder if there would be a good space for kind of like the anti-lifestyle multiplayer game, which is something that like we pick up as a as a group. And we'd play through until that, like, finite... You know what I mean? Like, maybe, maybe like, Destiny would have been a better game or, you know, whatever, you know, like, would be a good game if, like, the idea was essentially just, like, a long co-op experience that gets all the way to the end zone sort of thing, but then you just kind of put it back down. I know that game companies don't like doing this sort of thing anymore, and that's kind of something else we can get into. Um, but, yeah, like, I kind of wonder if there would be the case for, um, I don't know, for that happening, you know? You know, like if if we had played all the way to like beat the emperor, and then we were like, okay, that was good. And never yeah, right. Back. But like, also, you know what I mean. But like, I don't know. Like, maybe a good example of this would be something like imagine playing like Mass Effect Two or Mass Effect Three or something like that, but playing with like a whole group in co-op from beginning to end. You know what okay. I mean? It's kind of like like I would definitely say that Mass Effect Two is not a lifestyle game, right? Um, and, uh, but just like imagine a game where it is designed from the ground up to also to be fundamentally co-op or whatever multiplayer. Right. But also at the moment kind of have that, like that timer where you interface with it really, really hard and then walk away. Yeah. You know I, I, mean? I think the problem there is kind of like seeing up people's goals because games like that exist, right? Like Divinity Original Sin, I think would be perfect for this. Oh man. That's a fantastic example of exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. That's um, literally. Yeah. The, the problem there is, like, or the con the convenience of kind of, like, the, the Destiny and the WoW is that, like, you know, you don't have to get together, you know, the four people that are playing your, your, your single experience game at, like, a sit time and play through a certain amount, you know, at, on, like, a schedule in order to get it done, right? You just pop into WoW and whoever's there is there. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, you know, there's kind of the, 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 the force of social obligation with larger numbers of people, right? Like, yeah. Um, like, it was it was tough for us to pull with six to, 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 to get like use social pressures of six people to do raids in Destiny, but in like uh, it um in WoW right like the social pressure of like you know causing whatever you know like whatever number of people pain but also kind of like with flex rating was I think kind of is kind of great for that right like you can kind of yeah. like like as long as ten people are dedicated enough to show up you're good, um, and I kind of. But like, uh, there's no, there's like kind of enough social pressure that are kind of like making an appearance every once in a while or whatever, um, and try and make sure that that everything's together. Um, I don't know. I this is this could turn into like a like it's been mostly gush fest about well, but like the, the flex rating is so smart, right? The more yeah. I think about it, right, like you need to get like 
10 people together. But if you get more than that, it's not a problem. And if you like, if you get anywhere in that range, it's it's fine, right? Like, if we got more than six people for Destiny, like if we put out a call, we need people for rating for Destiny, and seven people showed up, that fucking sucks, yeah. right? Like, um, and 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 you know, like, what, what is flex rating? It's ten to uh, to how many? Ten to thirty. <laughs> ten to fucking thirty, right? Like, yeah. No, I actually, no, I mean, one of the reasons, we've been raiding pretty much nonstop all expansion. And one of the reasons that that's the case is because flex rating is so good. If somebody calls and says, hey, I can't show up tonight, it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Like, maybe somebody hits an alt up, you know what I mean? Like, maybe we have to switch out one tank for another or whatever. Like, fuck with the kind of, uh, the composition of the team or whatever. But, like... You, you can still get the same people together who were going to make it. And it's not like that one night cancels it for everyone else. Uh, this is actually a famous Ghostcrawler point uh, that he quoted when WoW went from 40 people to like 25 or whatever in, in uh, Burning Crusade. Where he said uh, that vanilla raiding was not difficult. The difficulty in vanilla raiding was getting the team, it was like getting the raid together. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think that that's very much true, right? Like... Uh, that is, in fact, not only is that true, but if we follow that line of logic, it actually goes all the way to now where we're kind of at, where like there should be as small a barrier to entry to getting the team together as possible. Cause there's other pieces of this in wow that also facilitate that, right? We can list ourselves in the pre-made group finder, right? To try and pick up a couple of pugs to fill out slots you know what i mean um we uh we also see less kind of like bring the class like the, you know when we moved from 40 man to 25 man in burning crusade burning crusade most of the buffs that people gave one another were not raid wide they were party wide right so for instance um if i'm a sh if i was an enhancement shaman i dropped a wind fury totem only the people inside of my party would gain the benefit of that totem right which kind of turned the game and the the point was to kind of keep the this raid composition game still going you know what i mean where like raid composition still matters and everything like that um and um uh and eventually that got changed to okay well now all of these buffs are all raid wide right and then those buffs changed and got more and more you know d d homogenized until eventually we got to legion and fucking Ian, Ian Hazacostas, the, the new game director, was basically just like, why do we even have these? Take them off. You know what I mean? Because every raid, it's just it's just automatically built into every raid at this point. So it's just like not a worthwhile thing to keep track of. And interestingly enough, they are coming back next expansion. But uh, What's coming back next expansion? Uh, like raid-wide buffs like that. Like Arcane Intellect is oh. coming back. Um, uh, you know, just buffs, those, those kinds of buffs, like Mark of the Wild and shit like that. Huh. Um, yeah, basically they talked about how they pruned a little bit too far. Um, and they also talked about how they didn't like that classes weren't unique. Um, which I think is a little bit of a, re uh, like a, like a, like a rebuttal, I guess, to the kind of Warcraft logs version of gaming if that makes yeah. sense um where uh you know it doesn't matter what dps you bring because all dps are fundamentally equal so just bring you know if affliction warlock is at the the top of the tree you just fill the group with fucking affliction warlocks and right. move on you know what i mean um yeah, yeah so so they're talking about how in in bfa they are mostly through the realm of utility 
trying to differentiate the different classes, right? And so different classes might have different strengths or weaknesses um, from like a you, oh, excuse me, from like a utilitarian kind of perspective. Cool. Um, yeah. Um, uh, so I so the one one question that I wanted to ask you is what would you recommend? Like, let's say Bungie is listening to the podcast. Oh boy, like, Bungie. Oh man. Bungo. Fucking Destiny 2 is, is 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 Garbo. Players are falling off left and right. It looks like we're not going to, you know what I mean? All these articles are being written and all these publications talking about how Destiny 2 is no fun anymore and all this other kind of stuff, right? How do we write the ship? And they go, you know, hey man, these, these guys... <laughs> These guys have a podcast on it. Let's listen to what they have to say. Let's take yeah. their advice. What would you advise? They, they, they gave the us the biggest disappointment of 2017. <laughs> Let's see what they think. Wow, uh, you're right. We did give them that fucking derpy rough. Yeah. Hey, man, they can take the criticism. Anyway, yeah. uh, what would you recommend them? Like, not from like a, like, I don't think that we can go. Like, let's not assume we can go back in time, right? But what uh, would you recommend they like? do to fix the game as it is right now uh to make it more successful um i think honestly i think they want to just import all of the destiny one content wow um, however, wow like, that's ambitious actually but... i know like so so i'm approaching this from like fairy tale world right like you sure. know i'm not i'm not accounting for the fact that like they have to like you know that, that would is, be like essentially impossible yeah anymore. right like I, i'm i'm acting like that bungo has like a magic wand they could be like button press destiny one's now part of destiny two right like right i would bring all of that back um i would add it like i would add it in such a way that like you can take advantage of like kind of like the mog elements of that right like that you could uh go back and do that old content and get skins like i basically i think you should have like mogging um because that gives people more stuff to do i think more weapon diversity which i actually haven't played with the masterwork stuff um uh but my suspicion is is it's not enough to kind of to kind of really get you get you there um but i think you want a little bit more of it um um, and you don't need a ton of it, right? Like, like, like we said with what, like, WoW doesn't have a ton of weapon diversification, um, especially in this expansion, right? Like, everybody has one weapon, um, but uh, but it's got enough other content to do. Yeah. Um, I think definitely the social things, a big part of it. Um, like you have to have like, you you just have to have like the 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 tower be a a better social space, um. And honestly, I think I think that the next expansion can't be another Osiris, right? Osiris added so little content to the game, practically, right? Like, well, yeah, what was it like one new planet or something? Like you got one new planet, one public event. It was a good public event. Um, it's a tiny planet, and then um, I think the thing I think the biggest misstep there was the infinite garden or whatever it's called. Like, I think was supposed to be a lot of that um, kind of, like, variety that you get, but it just wasn't. And I think that's because there's not a ton of diversity in strategy in, uh, in, in, uh, in Destiny, right? Like, it's not like, you know, you run into the fucking um, uh, Infinite Garden, you're like, oh, well, this one's got, like uh simulated uh, uh acolytes or whatever so i have to switch to my other weapon no um where you did get that 
is in the Nightfalls and in like the, those those like m those modes that had those modifiers on them. So I think you actually want to add more of that. Um, in fact, I think if you just like upped the number of strikes and like made those kind of modifiers like more random, right? Because the Nightfalls the same like the same thing for the whole week. If you could like make those modifiers like i think they were moving towards that with heroic strikes because that's the thing they did have but like those kinds of of pieces in there and what you want is, is is basically a reason to be doing them and i don't know what that is exactly um you know i have to say that i very much agree with that i also think that they just need to f change the gameplay in a fund in a couple of fundamental ways first of all i and this is rough. This was one that I kind of go back and forth on just because I know it's not something that I personally like, but I understand that other people do like it. Um, I think you need to change the way that rifles uh, like work in the game. Like I think you need to move shotguns out of that category. You need to move sniper rifles out of that category. Um, and you need to diversify the way that weapons work so that there are just more options and that you can kind of quote unquote spec yourself depending on what weapon you're bringing right. to a fight. Um, like I think that that would be pretty important. And I think that that also kind of means that like you need to change the way you like raid and stuff like that by having, let's say, okay, well, let's say, um, you know, you have a shotgun and the shotgun does fires really if it okay so there's a weapon in payday called the street sweeper shotgun it's pretty useful it's a shotgun that fires uh it's clip really quickly right but it takes a while to reload it has pretty long reload time it's really useful from a, a burst damage perspective right if a big heavy you know one of those juggernaut guys comes out of the woodwork right you pull out your street sweeper and you just go like bam 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 bam, bam, bam and then you switch back to your other gun right or then once he's down you kind of you you hide and you go through the full reload process right or there's like you know submachine guns or not sorry not submachine guns light machine guns uh that have that same kind of thing where they have a giant clip they do a ton of damage but it takes like forever to reload and i feel like you need to kind of differentiate a little bit in terms of the need for um how you know, like maybe there is the time for someone to pull out the lmg and essentially just mow down mooks you know what i mean for like 20 seconds right right um and so that like you can work that into the mechanics of the game or something right like two people are carrying lmgs each of them can fire straight for 15 seconds so you have one person fire to mow down all these guys and then the second person fires to mow down all these guys right and then other people have other sort of things right like yeah maybe you have somebody with a sniper rifle because there's a really long range target that you could do it with a marksman rifle you could do it with a scout rifle or whatever right like if you really wanted to sort of thing um but uh but like at the end of the day this lets you kind of like specialize yourself in a right, little bit right 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 um and then i also think that you do need to vary up kind of the objective based gameplay of stuff like like not i actually think the raids are pretty okay in so far as this is the case right um what really needs to change are the public events um and um uh, strikes, you know what I mean? I kind of feel like the way that you interface with a public event shouldn't be so revolving around standing in one place shooting guys, which is what most of them felt like. You know what I mean? But I kind of yeah. feel like you could do something different where you have, like, a payload to escort, like Overwatch or something like that, right? And then, yeah, yeah, maybe it is, you know, you sit on the lander and watch a, you know, a percent bar tick up or whatever it is um, kind of thing. Right. But maybe it's, you know, you have to, you have to, 
you can't be in the circle and you have to prevent enemy bad guys from getting into the circle right and so the whole thing is just a dps race to kill these bad guys before they hit the circle you know what i mean just something along those lines that really changes up the way that you um are interfacing with the with like the the strike or the public event um yeah, to I, kind of just be more than a rail shooter i feel like strike can definitely be that i think the public events want to be still like low barrier to entry kind of like not having to think too hard about it um in terms of execution um okay yeah i do think there's there's space for something like a random modifier on them to make to spice them up Mm -hmm. um and to like or like what if if you if you push an event to heroic right in addition to the thing that it normally does it throws a random modifier in so it's a little bit different each time and then you know there's like a commensurate reward for it I, i think like as much as anything else like the rewards not fitting like also not being worth it is 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 the bigger problem yeah, that's definitely um, true. Yeah, okay, that's actually pretty convincing. I definitely think that that's a bit of it. Uh, I think really this kind of thing belongs in strikes more so than anything else. Because I really felt like the strikes and the nightfall or whatever that I was doing were kind of just rail shooters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I wanted the, like I feel like if they were a little bit more objective-based, right? Uh, you know, you need to lock down this area for five minutes and it has a couple of entryways... You know, and so it kind of like lets you set up a like a set of defenses, or you know, any any of those kinds of like those kinds of things would really make it shine. I feel like. Yeah, uh, part of me wants to say also like they just need to wholesale adopt the Borderlands model of guns, right? Like a bajillion guns might solve a lot of their problems. Yeah. Because it's kind of like you just like you, you you like. I don't know. Like I like playing with the guns that I played with, but it's like. You know, I'm using a better Devils, he's using a better Devils, everybody's using a fucking better Devils, that's what you use if you use hand cannons. Yeah. Um, and, like, that is kind of disheartening. Uh, and, like, you, just, you don't feel... Spe- like, I think big part of what, like, make lifestyle games push to is, like, the ability to make yourself special, right? Yeah. Like, um, you know, and there's just not a lot of that in Destiny. I mean, we even do that in PUBG, right? Right, Like, where, you know, you and I prefer shotguns, Monik and whoever prefer snipers, right? And I think yeah. that that sort of thing is really sorely lacking from Destiny's gameplay. I, I like, man, if there is anything along those lines, and I don't want to do, people talk about upgrading the way that the kind of talent system works or whatever to make it more of an RPG, and I get that, and I, and I, and I think that that is... Not an awful idea, but it sounds to me like um, Destiny doesn't want to do that. And so I think the play, like, if you don't want Destiny to become an RPG, if Bungie doesn't want Destiny to become an RPG game like that, then they need to invest in their guns. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you want to focus on the guns, then focus on the fucking guns, right? But don't, like, lock off entire. I just, it is insane to me that, like, shotguns and sniper rifles are locked off in this, like, power weapon category. Yeah. Um, That's, I think, a big... Like, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar, but in, in Destiny 1, you had, like, a primary, you had, like, a um, like a medium weapon, and then you had power weapons, right? And snipers and shotguns were in that medium weapon category, so were, yeah. like, sidearms. Um, and they got moved to, like, different places, but, like... And th- that's why they ended up in power weapons, and they're just... Part of it, too, is that, like, the game isn't designed for them to be power weapons, if you... Mm-hmm. Right, like, it's a primarily PvE game, so, like, the advantage of a sniper rifle over a rocket launcher is that people dodge out of rocket launchers, rocket's ways. But PvE enemies really don't, right? Like, that's just kind of, like, how you design a game, right? Like, so you don't have... Because yep. otherwise, then you... 
you never land a rocket and and you know who cares uh um and so they're just like sniper rifles and and, and like you know shotguns are outclassed by swords in a lot of ways um although you know not always but that's you know they're just not like i don't know it, it, it's it's just not not great but yeah I think I think Destiny definitely has a lot of problems. Uh, I wonder if it will be able to correct on them. Uh, but I do actually like how I specifically do like that this idea that there are certain lifestyle gamers. You know what I mean? And yeah. that it is uh, ironically, I guess, a lifestyle. Maybe not ironically. That's kind of obvious. But whatever. Uh, how was your week? I guess <laughs> uh, it was pretty good. I played a little bit of Sea of Thieves, like we talked about. I played some Monster Hunter World. Oh, we also played Hell's Revels. Yes, all right. Yeah, so we played Hell's Revels. We're actually going to play the next session of Hell's Revels immediately after this. Uh, uh, so, uh, so, yeah, so we got into the nitty-gritty a bit with Bars of Light Rune, um, and kind of negotiating what it looks like in the future, uh, like for the future of Ravenel. Uh, I don't know. Do you have any? Do you have any thoughts? What are, you, what are your What are your thoughts? Where are you? So, so I'm, I'm actually I'm actually going to put this at like you know I'm I'm enjoying this a lot. Obviously. Alaric's enjoying this a lot, and you're enjoying this a lot, but I feel like the other three members of our party are, are just, like, not engaged, right? Like, Warren didn't think we were playing tonight. He thought everything was done. Yeah, I really don't know what... Uh, I, I, and there's, it, there's a certain part of me that thinks that I may have screwed myself up a little bit in the sense of, like, um, I think part of the game has been so dick you know so much of the game has been so dictated by me but that this idea that like not just you know i what i want to get away from with this choice is that it's something like you know like a telltale walking dead game kind right. of choice or whatever where like the choice itself doesn't really matter like no like this choice is pretty fucking gigantic right and you're essentially choosing between okay would i rather internalize problems right because you know I want the nation to be strong or do I want to, you know, do I want to go forward with the rebellion and make the nation really weak, but I have full control over it. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that, that that is a really interesting choice. And there's a lot of other sub choices that go down there that like these paths. And that's some of the, the space that we're exploring. I love exploring this stuff. I think it's really cool and interesting. Um, I don't know uh, about other folks and I can't, no, so I, I'm enjoying it too, but I, I think we might be getting into a little bit too much into the weeds. Yeah, that's actually, I mean, I mean, that's why I mentioned it in chat today. <laughs> I, re I, I put a message, what did I say? Uh, uh, so I wanted to take a step back and look at it more from an out-of-character perspective. Yeah. Because, I, because even though I don't want you guys to make decisions for those out-of-character reasons, I think it is important to kind of consider, okay, like, what kind of game are we setting ourselves up for? Uh, like, the example right. that we used last week after the game... Um, was you and I were talking, or maybe you and I and Alaric were talking, and like if you choose to go the route where you give Barzillai the ch like the power over foreign policy and then become his foreign policy agents, all of a sudden this game has turned into like James Bond or something. You right. know what I mean? But it's James Bond where you really hate your boss and you're kind of working against your boss also at the same time. Um, and I think that, you know, that's a very interesting and that's that's a way that you could take the game that I would be fine with, right? And you could also take the game by saying, like, okay, right, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna take leadership roles in this legislative body that we're building or whatever. And the game is going to be about the kind of political deal making that goes into being 
a, what is essentially the Speaker of the House or like the Senate Majority Leader or something along those lines, right? Trying to whip votes and doing all of that kind of like that's also a very interesting game. But it's like these things are these things are different, right? And then there's also the other option of where you just say fuck it and you kind of just fight Barzillai Thrun like you would otherwise fight fight Barzillai Thrun sort of sort of thing. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I kind of feel like. Um, I don't. I don't have a good answer. I don't have a good answer to that problem. Uh, I, I. I think maybe kind of the broad strokes to do is like figure out what we kind of ultimately want book four to be, and then figure out kind of like you know like, like the general arc of that, and then like paint the government in broad strokes. Right. Like it's not to yeah, say that yeah, like definitely. like you know Alaric can't argue about whether or not we should have an oligarchy versus or whatever. And that's fine, but, like, we don't need to get into the nitty-gritty necessarily about, like, you know, term limits for, like, each individual position in the cabinet or whatever, yeah. right? Um, which is, I think, the the path we were going down. And obviously, like, um, not not that any of us are, like, like super policy wonks, but, but Alaric, you and me are just like, oh, boy, and we get to... We get to pretend like we're real governors, uh, yeah. like do Model UN. Um, no, I mean, hey man, I'm super into it. I yeah. loved Model UN when I did yeah. Model UN. In fact, I wish that Model UN was more like this because, to be honest with you, Model UN gets very boring uh, unless you're doing like crazy things with it. Yeah, or you're, you're like uh, playing like like I am the De Democratic People's Republic of Korea, and I will not be. Yeah, I, I I played Greece in a Model UN once, and I made this whole backstory about how this like new hyper fascist Spartan party came to power and i'm pretty sure i created this like this axis of evil with north korea north korea and iran because we just hated western imperialists mm. so much and like but like that's the that's where model un gets fun you right. know what i mean when model un is like home oh, yeah there's um the you know the the food levels in western uganda are a little bit low is uh is there anybody who can uh, make up for that a little bit yeah I, you know the People's Republic of China would definitely be willing to, to spend 50,000 tons of fucking food. Or, you know, like, that stuff is so boring, right? You know, oh, I want to hear about, like, nuclear testing that's mistaked for an earthquake that destroys Israel and shit. Like, yeah. No, well, I don't know. The, really crazy in, I, I, like, looking back on it, it was probably, like, poor move on my part. But in one of the Model UN conferences I went to in high school, um, like... There, people were being, like, super, like, like, there was, like, a resolution to, like, make things, like, nice. And, like, the DPRK was, like, super on board with, like, being all, like, lovey-dovey and whatever. I was just, like, and, like, I was, like, vaguely, like, I don't trust the DPRK, but in, like, a way that was, like, you're not role-playing your country, right? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Though I also secretly loved that shit because it kind of meant that I could take advantage of them. Yeah. Uh, I played a game where I was Myanmar once, and I really took advantage of the, like, a like a, a very weak-willed China, and I was kind of, like, puppeteering China on, like, the Security Council to be vetoing this shit about, like, the ethnic cleansing that was going on in my country. <laughs> A lot of the time, this ends up with me shitting on Western imperialists because I really enjoy playing the countries like Myanmar or, or like, you know, the DPRK or whatever. Because you you, that, that's when you can do, like, the crazy shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but, but, getting, but getting back to Hell's Rebels. Um, I think, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think Broad Strokes is definitely kind of the answer um, uh, and, to and some I, of this stuff. And hopefully this session will be, um, not because I want it to be short, but, like, if we accomplish that right, it'll be a relatively short session. Um, and then you could start writing book four, and I can uh, prep out a uh, seven C. Yeah, we have we have also we have also agreed to play a game of seven C. How how excited are you for that? I started reading the rules. 
This uh, rule book is insane. I am super pumped. I've been getting deep into it. I've been reading all the things online, what people complain about, what people like. Um, uh, 7C has a podcast and... Uh, uh, fun facts, the last episode they recorded was about Katai, but it was that guy who uh, GM'd for us at Gen Con. Holy uh, shit, no way. Yeah, uh, Johnny Mendez, I think his name is. Uh, uh, like, apparently, you know, I didn't realize, but apparently he's, like, one of the core team at John Wick Presents, so, you know. I did uh, not know that. That was yeah. actually very cool, though. He was, yeah. uh... Wait, you and I were in the same group, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Remember... Because we, we did split into two, I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, we, we went and it was actually... My character's old gang that we recruited to to go help hunt down the uh, the people that were hunting down the the kraken, right? Mm-hmm. If that was right, yeah, something like that. Um. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm excited because it's like radically different, and like, I think both the most exciting and the toughest part is going to be being like, no, this isn't like Dungeons and Dragons, right? Like it's a much different style of game, right? Like. Um, your character, like, it basically, your character almost always succeeds. Um, it's just how they succeed and what way do they succeed, which is really interesting and a really different way to approach it. Um, but it kind of like getting, I think getting people to to realize that is going to be a little bit different, right? Like you don't check to see if you unlock the door, you unlock the door. You just see if you do well enough to like mitigate things like, you know, open it being loud enough that you alert the guards or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. if, and if there's nothing like that around, like then you basically, you don't check to see if you unlock the door, you just do it. Um, it, it, it just, it's super different. And I, I'm trying to get myself in the right mindset for it. I'm super excited. Um, uh, but yeah, um, uh, the, the rules are like, there's a surprising amount of like, Things, like, like having played the two games we did over Gen Con has given us, like, 98% of the rules, maybe, right? It's just, like, the knowledge of the individual advantages and whatnot that is re- the real big difference. And, like, you know, some of the limits that we're not even going to, like, run up against because we're, we're not going to be doing a ton of advancement. Um, uh, it's, just, it's just really neat to me that, like, so much of it is, is, is just kind of, like, this core, like, roll dice, make tens mechanic. Uh, how much have you ever, have you read so far? Not much. I've just been reading through lore. Okay. Um, yeah. So far, I I definitely kind of like I you know I have to say that I really enjoy how far they have gone with kind of this like alt history version of the world. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Like I love that like Aizen is like you know monsters exist. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's kind of like um. Uh. In a way, it's kind of like it's well, it's a lot of bit, a lot about like wow or whatever, right? Where like you get these cultures, but like they're really played up um, for kind of maximum of effect, and like that's cool and fun to see in a fantasy setting sometimes. Um, so you know, I, I don't know, I like that stuff. I like these. Uh, I like these details. I really haven't gotten much of, like, the rules or stuff like that, but I'm, oh, I have to say I'm very impressed by how huge and, like, thorough the book is uh, for a game that feels so simple. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I'm kind of excited to, like, dig in and really, like, get to the, bo- like, get to the bottom of things. I am as well. Um, I'm excited to, like, to, to bring that to you and hopefully in a way that's convincing and exciting for all involved. Yeah, uh, for real. 
Um, do we want to say anything else about Hell's Rebels? Uh, no, no, I guess not. I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say. Okay. Um, uh, the other big things on my list were I played some Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Um, not enough of it to really say anything about it other than like it looks gorgeous and it feels nice. Um, if you like fighters, um, especially if you like hyper fighters, I'd give it a look. Um, and I played a fair amount of Monster Hunter World. Not a ton, like not like you know I, I haven't like cleared like low rank or anything, but I've I've done enough to like fight a few monsters and like get all that down. Um, and did did a bunch of kind of just like fucking around in the training room with different weapons. Um, and that game feels good. Um, it's fun. Um, I'm excited for it to come to the PC in the fall because I feel like that's a game that we could all really get into. Um, just because like, uh, it's it's you know it's it's you no know, fighting big monsters and like you can really kind of like individualize what uh, who you are as, as as a player um it, it's kind of like it reminds me a lot of like wow raid fights but like you know much much less high stakes um and so like it's, it's that same kind of like constant like you know like mastery in, in that way but without like but with like uh you know, like only four people, and like, like it's much easier to kind of like switch things up if you want to, right? Like, you yeah. don't have to have an alt, another alt to, to go try something different. You just like switch out a weapon and like make sure you have one that's like a vaguely appropriate level. I, I think that'll be uh, a lot of fun for a bunch of us to do um, when that comes to PC. Yeah, I, I have you heard about people talking about uh, like how they they don't like playing the game because the game uh, like makes the monsters too empathetic. Oh really? No, I yeah, I, I I saw this thing. Well, so apparently, like when you get the monsters really low, they're like limping and oh, stuff yeah. like that, and then they're like running away or whatever. And so somebody was like, "I feel kind of bad killing these things because you know, like we call them monsters, but they're really just like big ass animals or whatever." Yeah, <laughs> and I thought that that was funny. That was uh... don't eat your fucking hamburgers, then you know, like. <laughs> uh, you you. you at least, at least they fought back, right? You think you think Bessie gets to fight back? Uh, I mean, one one could argue that Bessie has it much easier. No, that's because true. They just put a thing on her forehead, and then she is immediately dead. Yeah, uh, no, no, <laughs> they, that, you, know, you know, you don't like progressively main Bessie. You know, <laughs> Bessie to death with a bagpipe. We'll yeah. play notes out of it. That is actually, I like. Like, the hunting horn is, like, the dumbest weapon, but I love it so much. It's, like, it, like, makes, like, these dumb, like, clunky noises as you hit them. And then you, like, in the middle of battle, just, like, like do this big swing and then throw it under your arm and, like, start playing bagpipe noises out of it. And all of a sudden, you're, like, faster. And it's, like, what the fuck is happening? Um, uh, but it's, oh, man. It's, it, it, it's, it's great fun. Like I said, I'm looking forward to the PC version so we can all kind of have great big goofy fun together. I'm looking forward to Dauntless being a little bit more done because i'd like to play that game with you guys too um mm -hmm. um i kind of like so my 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 kind of big thing as is like my, my my favorite fantasies are um like hammers and like guns but in a setting where guns aren't ubiquitous um and i get most of that out of monster hunter world but like the hammers kind of aren't like the like the, they aren't the super duper heaviest weapon that's like the great sword and so like well i like the hammer uh it's not quite exactly what i want but like the hammers in dauntless are like very much that and they've got like rocket boosters in the back so you can do like leaping slams with them it's like oh man yeah i'm, I'm actually this. i'm actually watching a guy use a hammer i just went to the dauntless uh i went to the dauntless website yeah um like i i haven't played a ton of dauntless but that game's fun um 
and so I'm excited for that to get. I, I think I think monster hunting genre games would be are, would be good for our group because they're basically like WoW type games, but without like without as much kind of obligation to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I also think that there are. I, I think that we're a little bit more action focused. I'm, yeah. I, of our friends, I am probably the least action focused. Right. Like I can understand how somebody like Monic, who's used to like really like Twitch shooters or whatever, could find like rotations or whatever kind of like a boring experience. Yeah. And wow. But I feel like maybe this is because I'm a strategy game player, um, and like turn you know like turn based or like pausable or whatever kind of strategy games. Like I don't really care all that much about like Twitch based whatever. And I also like the idea, like I like the process of mastering at uh, a rotation um, by kind of being able to autopilot it. That's yeah. like something that feels good to me. Um. Yeah. Um. But yeah, what, what have you been up to this week? I have been playing lots of WoW because they released a pre-order for for Battle for Azeroth. Did you know, have you heard about this? Did you know about uh, this? I heard that there was a pre-order. Did they announce the release date? Yeah. So the release date is on or before September twenty-first. Oof. Um, which you know makes sense. It's about eight months from now. Um, the uh, the pre-order lets you play uh, a couple of the allied races. There's like the Lightforge Draenei, um, who are the ones that like. We're, like, sailing around the cosmos doing crazy cosmos shit. Um, and uh, uh, Void Elves, which are just, like, imagine they're just edgier Blood Elves. They're just edgier Blood Elves, um, <laughs> really, at the end of the day. <laughs> um, and uh, and then on the on the Horde side, the Nightborn joined the Horde, and uh, the High Mountain Torn joined the Horde. So you can be a Moose, a moose Torn if you want. Oof. Um, no the Moose Torn are actually pretty great, to be honest. I like them a lot. I'm surprised they didn't add the Tonka in. That, that seemed like it'd be an easy thing to do. I do. So, uh, there's two things with the Tonka. One, uh, the Tonka male... So, only the Tonka males look different. Tonka females do not look different uh. Uh, than, like, regular Torin or whatever. Um, and, uh, and all the Tonka males have the exact same face except for a fur coloring. So, there's not a lot of uh, whatever. Right, right. And then, obviously, we just, like, we just ended with High Mountain right, in Legion right. or whatever. So, it's kind of like... Closer. Uh, a lot of people are projecting that Tonka are going to make it in uh, as an allied race in the future, which, you know, obviously makes a lot of sense. I'm very excited for Draenor. They, they talk about orcs from Draenor, and people are, are, are uh, uh, wondering what that might mean. But the idea that we go back to Warlords of Draenor um, and recruit Grom Hellscream... Uh, like the alternate Grom Hellscream to be like a like a faction leader of like brown orcs because this is what people are looking for is like the brown orcs with like tattoos and shit. Right. That is the coolest idea fucking ever. Especially because Warlords was kind of an abortion, um, and that sounds meaner, but I mean in the literal sense that they kind of aborted uh, the, a lot of the lore halfway through. Right. Like Grom really wasn't a fully realized. Like he didn't wasn't very fully realized. Um, he was originally slated to be the end boss of the expansion, but he wasn't for whatever reason. Um, you rescue him in Hellfire Citadel, which is all, which is a big Legion, you know, dungeon or a big Legion, um, 
uh, raid or whatever. Uh, and then he's still alive at the end of it. And so has he been redeemed and accepted by the people who didn't agree with his leadership of the Iron Horde? Is he repentant at all? Are we going to have to go kill him, right? Like maybe it's Durotan and Draka or whatever that are going to be leading this new faction of uh, Draenor orcs. Um, and, uh, and so these are all questions that I don't have the answers to. None of us have the answers to, but I find incredibly interesting. I think that's the coolest part about the allied races is that like, it lets you go back to old lore, like Tonka, um, like, uh, the Draenor orcs, right? Even other, you know, like Tuscar, right? Like, uh, I really hope that we're going to get a Tuscar race, uh, allied race at some point, you Ooh, know, and kind of cool. yeah. revisit it. Yeah. Right. Wouldn't that be the fucking coolest? Most people are projecting that, um, the, What's going to happen is the Tonka are going to join the Horde and the Tuscar are going to join the Alliance, which I will be very sad if that happens. But there aren't a lot of, like, allied races from Northrend um, to yeah. join the Alliance with, so... I don't know. It depends. I don't know how much, like, Blizzard wants to kind of, like, theme both sides of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, like, you could say, well, you've already got two, two, you know, like, cow people give one to the Alliance, but it also feels like they make it harder to, under, you know... To call out who's on but I guess they have the pandering, which can be either side anyway. Yeah, the pandering can be either side, and the void elves are literally blood elf models, but they're purpler because void elves have like accepted like the void energy in yeah. themselves a little bit. Um, you can actually see that they have like tentacles growing under their hair, which I think is kind of very cool. But I don't know, whatever. They're really edge lordy, but they joined the alliance, right? So right, it's a little right. like, uh, well, I mean, how much are we going to see kind of like cross pollination? Um, I actually thought a really interesting cross-pollination that could be done is having the Dark Iron Dwarves join the Horde, right? Uh, but that doesn't... That's not happening. The opposite yeah, of that is happening. Because, because the, 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 dwar the Dark Iron Dwarves have, have more or less been redeemed since, like, Vanilla, right? Yeah, yeah. Mostly because... Uh, so, do you more, know the questline in Vanilla WoW? Like, more or like, fucks one of the Dwarves, right? Yeah, it's, that's the thing. Is because King... Like, Magni sends you on a mission to go to Blackrock Depths and kill... Thrasian and take Moira back because he assumes that Moira was kidnapped, but she just eloped. She just like eloped with him, and so you go down there like as an adventurer or whatever, and you kill her husband, <laughs> who she's like in love with and has a kid with. Um, and then uh, uh, and so in Cataclysm, uh, when Magni quote unquote dies, um, she you know she comes back with the Dark Iron. She's leading the Dark Iron Dwarfs now because you know she was obviously married to. Uh, like the former, the former king, and yeah. her son is also like the joint. You know what I mean? Because he's half Ironforge, yeah, half. Yeah. Uh, uh, I see. They're they're not, they're not called Ironforge dwarf. They're called Bronzebeard dwarf, uh, and half um, Dark Iron dwarf. Uh, he's like the he's like the chosen one to like inherit the title. Yeah, but yeah, and, 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 push and, out the fucking like uh, sky dwarves. Yeah, yeah. Also, the yeah, the wild hammer dwarves. Yeah, that's it's what like, called. It's, it's called the Council of Three Hammers that's leading the dwarves yeah, right yeah. now. Um, and it's also weird because Murd and Bronzebeard exist. Murd and Bronzebeard being Magni's brother, um, who uh, like who's the guy that Arthas kills, but then you find out in Wrath that he's not dead. He just has amnesia. Oh right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And isn't one of them like a statue or something? Yeah, so so Magni was a statue for a long time. He like did this incantation to like attune with Azeroth or whatever, and he turned himself into crystal, right? But then he pops out of the crystal. I think in the beginning of Legion, he pops out of the crystal, um, and now he's like running around like he's there in Antorus when you go fight the um, uh, Argus, you know, who's like the big end boss. Wait, Magni. For... Yeah. 
Okay. Because Ma- Magni, Magni, like, speaks for Azeroth. Right, because like, Azeroth is like a Titan. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so when the Titan, like, like Argus, the Titan, um, is, like, born or whatever, um, the uh, Magni, like, Magni is there. Um, and then and then you kill, and then you kill him. And he dies. Well, you, you, kill, you kill Argus? Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, the other Titans are there. I, I, I mean, I'm spoiling fucking, like, WoW or whatever right. for you. Uh, but essentially what happens is Sargeras has killed all of the other Titans, right? Like, Amun right. and shit like that. Um, but, like, because they're Titans, they can't technically die. Um, so he has imprisoned their essences. And part of what you do in Antorus is you free their essences. Um, but they're, like, all weak and shit. Uh, and so then you pour it up to the seat of the Pantheon where, like, all the Titans, like, hang out or whatever. Um, and Argus, uh, and then Sargeras, who's about to, like, fuck Azeroth or whatever. Um, Sargeras, uh, like, awakens Argus in order to fight on the seat of the Pantheon. And then the Titans empower you guys to be able to kill another Titan. And then when you do kill Argus, um, then, like, the Titans, like, get their power together or whatever, and then they imprison. Uh, they, the, the, like, they can't kill Sargeras either, but they can all they can imprison him. So they take him, they put him in the seat of the pantheon. Illidan goes with them, uh, and they like disappear out into the to the, you know, to the nothing. So the Titans are like gone, right? Um, which I actually think is kind of cool. Like we're kind of on our own at this point, and we still have like old gods and void lords and shit to like take care of or whatever. Um, Wait, did, where did Illidan go? Illidan went with Sargeras in the in the seat of the Pantheon. Uh, he's gonna be like Sargeras's like eternal jailer, he says, or something at the end of it. So he's not dead, but he's never coming back. Good. So I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad the fucking we don't have to deal with Mopey Boy anymore. Oh, oh yeah, do you not you you you're not a fan of Mopey Boy? I think we've had this argument on cast at some point about how yeah. I think that how I don't like Illidan very much. Although I bet who's to say maybe another ten years, Sargeras will be like all along. I was protecting you, and yeah, he'll come I, you back know, with I his wa- own Demon Hunter mask on and like well, slay Cthulhu or something. I, you know, I so Sargeras is pretty like he that is his his right, role, yeah. right? Like he just thinks that uh, uh, he's killing everybody, so yeah, that he's killing everybody, so that the Void Lords can't do it or whatever. So you know, whatever. Um, uh, but so that, so, but like Magni is there the whole time, like this whole journey or whatever, because he also can like do Titan stuff, I guess. So he's, he's important. I don't know if actually like Magni has like gone and have a conversation with his daughter about like the leadership of his kingdom. Like, I wonder if that's just like a screen time thing where they don't have like the screen time to like, uh, have you ever seen, uh, 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 deep space nine? I, we've talked about this. You haven't, no, um, I have not. but like at the end of that show, um, uh, Captain Cisco is like a religious figure, and like one of the running themes throughout the show is like his role as as a father. And like mm-hmm. the last season, he's just like, "Nope, I'm Space Jesus. Sorry, Jake." And it's like goes and does his own thing. <laughs> hey, uh, man, fair enough. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate on that. I guess. Yeah. Um. No, it's, but it, it's kind of, it's kind of like you know, it's like, oh, this is there's an important story here. Uh, I guess no one cares. Uh, yeah. Space Jesus is more important. Uh, yeah, we've been having lots of arguments, uh, which I think are mostly born out of fanboyism um, about Battle for Azeroth because we're learning more about, like, the, the I think the alpha is up right now, not the beta yet. Um, and so we're learning more about what's going on in Battle for Azeroth. And um, 
And it looks like Sylvanas is shitty or whatever. Um, and so people Not my who war chief. are... Yeah, right? People who are Horde fanboys uh, are very mad about this. I'm, I'm just, I am somewhat intentionally disparaging them, but they're very mad about this because they're like, we already fucking had Garrosh, you know what I mean? Like, make yeah. the Alliance be shitty for the first time. And I understand that, uh, that sentiment, but I also think that it's dumb just because of the way that they've written things. Like, I, th- I feel like if Blizzard wanted to do that, they can't do it with the current setup. Yeah, they shouldn't um, do it with, with Sylvanas. Yeah, because you can't have Sylvanas as a war chief, and you can't have Anduin as a high king, right? Like, if you were to tell me that they were going to do this and it was going to be about Gen Greymane, or it was going to be about Tyrande, or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, okay, Anduin is now a lesser figure, and Tyrande is going, like, full vengeance against the Horde, and she's going really crazy about it, or something like that. Um, and then the Horde is led by, like, Bane Blood, who for Sourfang, or someone that we have a lot of respect for, right? But I would much rather have consistent characterization between Sylvanas and Anduin than to, like, arbitrarily switch stuff up, you know what I mean, to kind of, like, make that uh, yeah. make that equivalent. Is, uh, um, one, have we seen Rathion, and two, is Vulgin still dead? Uh, Vulgin is still dead, though it's pretty likely that we're bringing him back back to life. Uh, the Vulgin Loa of Death, whose name is Bwamsamdi, um, he is... Oh, like is... Baron Samdi? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is. Uh, he has a model in um, Battle for Azeroth uh, that got data mined, and so uh, and they've already talked about how Thrall, I think, is like carrying Vulgin's ashes or something. They made a joke about it in in BlizzCon, but uh, they essentially did tease that Vulgin has some sort of thing to play. Uh, most people, myself included, are kind of pinning that on. Um, you know, like Bwam Samdi is going to help Vulgin come back to life or something. They have they have a relationship in one of the books. Uh, yeah. I think it was the Mists book that happened in the middle of Mist, like Shadows of the Horde or something like that, where Garrosh tries to kill Vulgin and Vulgin gets really fucked up by it, and then he has to go to the Shadow Pan and he's hanging out with the Shadow Pan and like regaining his strength before he leads like the like the insurrection uh, against Garrosh or whatever. Uh, I think he has some kind of, he like interacts with Bomb Samdi in some kind of like meaningful way there. Um, so, you know, that stuff. I'm very excited. I'm very hyped for it. Uh, and I also am giving Blizzard quite a bit of benefit of the doubt, not just because they are essentially my favorite game company and game publisher, but I think that they have really earned that spot with, uh, with the way that they've handled stuff in Legion. You know, like I think at the end of the day, like Legion was just too, um, solid, uh, and they've built up enough goodwill that I feel pretty confident, I guess, that they're not going to like jerk me around, but I'm also not, I'm like explicitly not a fanboy of one side or the other because I started playing Horde. Then I was a main on Alliance for like three years. Uh, and now I'm back on the Horde side. So I love both factions pretty interchangeably. Yeah. Well, um, unless you've got any last thoughts, we've got like. 30 seconds to get to I our game. I have no last, no last thoughts. So, um, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, in that case, if you'd like to talk to us about anything we talked about today, you can reach us at podcast at somedurfsplaygames.com or somedurfsplaygames at gmail.com. You can follow us on twitch.tv slash somedurfsplaygames. We're going to be playing some Dungeons & Dragons right now, uh, although it's in the past for you. Uh, <laughs> so not right now. <laughs> uh, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, leave us reviews on, Am- on, on iTunes and on SoundCloud, not on Amazon. We don't have anything on Amazon. Um, I think that's everything I had. Buddy, do you have anything else that you wanted to promote? I have nothing else that I'm looking to promote. In that case, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners. <laughs>